This is the Third Act Podcast, shining a spotlight on individuals, charities, and small business owners suffering from illness, economic shutdown, or lack of support and funding. Meaningful conversations that generate compassion and financial support from listeners compelled to join us on this journey to improve the lives of others. I'm gonna dance with the stranger, I'm gonna enjoy your show. I'm gonna learn to forget and really let it go. And most of all, I wanna shine a light on good and look to give back. And that's what I'll do with my third, third act. And now your host, Roger Steed. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for the Third Act Podcast. I have been looking forward to this podcast for many months following a great podcast and interview I did with Kate Hoffman last fall. Kate introduced us to a great organization she is working with to bring assistance to high school students needing help with math and other important subjects. The reason I'm excited about this podcast today is because I have been a big fan of my guest, Ali Murray. From the moment I became acquainted with her story, I love entrepreneurs who take on a challenge earlier in their career because they feel the spirit to make a difference because they know firsthand the difficulty of achieving goals because they don't have resources to climb the proverbial ladder of academic achievement because of low income or lack of good counseling. Ali is co-founder and executive director of Upchieve. Upchieve is a free 24-7 online tutoring nonprofit organization which provides high school students with academic support to finish high school, attend college, and achieve upward mobility. Allie is a proud Latina, self-proclaimed math nerd, and community college graduate. After earning her associate's degree, she transferred to the University of Pennsylvania where she graduated summa cum laude with a degree in mathematics. Following Penn, Ali worked on the trading floor of J.P. Morgan for two years before leaving to commit to Upchieve full-time. For her work at Upchieve, Ali has been featured on the Forbes 30 Under 30 list in education and honored at a, as a Rodenberry Fellow in 2021. I didn't know what a Rodenberry Fellow was, so I looked it up. It's pretty interesting. I'm going to go through this just because it's so, it blew my mind. But anyway, launched in 2016, the fellowship is a monetary investment in innovators, community leaders, and change makers who work as the greatest potential to protect the most vulnerable and to reinvent systems and structures that have served to oppress and disadvantage far too many for far too long. That's a powerful statement and it fits Ali Murray perfectly. Ali, thank you so much for coming on the call today. Thank you for your time and thank you for sharing with the Third Act community. Thanks so much. Absolutely. I am so excited to be here and talking with you, Roger. I've been a fan of you as well for quite some time. I love what you're doing and uh, just excited to, to share more about Upchief. Thanks, for, thanks very much. I think we're going to have a great conversation. First off, I love the energy and the spirit that you impart 
to any conversation I have seen or heard about. And that, I think, inspires others to step up their game and also contribute to achieve success. Where does that drive and that spirit come from? Because acquiring minds want to know. Where does that derive from? Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that I, I actually feel really blessed that unlike, I think, many people in life, I feel like I found my purpose in life. And actually, for a while, Noah, I felt like that. And so I think that it's actually really easy to have that kind of drive and, and passion for my work, because I feel like I'm solving a problem that I actually experienced firsthand myself growing up. And so in some ways, it's it's extremely fulfilling to be working on Upchieve. And I'll just, so essentially, just tell you a little bit more. I, I actually do. was, yeah, so I actually was a low-income high school student myself. And so Upchieve is helping low-income high school students, much like I was, overcome barriers to succeeding in their career. And so you talked a little bit about how I started at a community college. And that yeah. wasn't necessarily by choice. It was more that despite being being actually a really uh, motivated student, I didn't have the resources available to me to figure out how to navigate that transition from high school to college. And so without that kind of that additional support for my high school or my family wasn't able to provide that either, it was really hard to find my own path. And so it was something that I'm really passionate about is making sure that it's easier for, for other students like me in the future. I find that your desire to help Students in math, interesting because math comes so easy to you, but <laughs> you probably are aware it doesn't come easy for other folks or many folks. I can certainly attest to that. I'm certainly not a math. I do have a little story from college where I was in the crux of between my sophomore and junior year. I was taking a calculus course and I had a, I'll say, a not a great teacher. And I was a borderline about taking a bad grade. So I dropped the course because I didn't, I couldn't afford to take a bad grade. I got a new teacher the next semester and the new teacher made all the difference in the world. And I went from borderline bad grade to an A. And I'm wow. certainly not a math whiz at all, but it shows the importance of uh, good teaching and good counseling. And you do that in spades through your organization. And anyway, I think it's great. And that's maybe why I, I'm attracted to, to what you're doing. Your empathy for others, as you explained growing up, I think that's a great quality. And it's important, obviously, in your organization's success that you attain that at an early age. But it blows my mind that you left JP Morgan after two years, because it's a good job. It's something that many young people want to attain, but you had the guts or the drive or the desire to get out and start Upchieve. Tell us about that. How did that happen? Coming up with the idea for Upchieve was actually somewhat the easy part. So I had my experience as a student to draw from and really understanding the challenges that low-income students face. But then when I first started at JP Morgan, I was somebody who throughout high school and college had always volunteered a ton. So it was something I thought community service was extremely important and something I wanted to be a part of my life. I couldn't find a way to fit community service into my pretty hectic work schedule at JP Morgan. And so it was, and not only was it very busy, but it was something I didn't have a lot of control over and wasn't predictable. And so coming up with the idea for Upchieve, I feel like I just had the perfect set of experiences on the student side and also on the volunteer side to, to see how a platform like Upchieve could make it easy for students to get help when they needed it and also volunteers to give back in a way that really fit into to their lives. And so coming up with the idea was easy. Deciding to leave JP Morgan to work on it full time 
was very hard. Coming from my background, having made it to JP Morgan, it felt like I had really made it. Not just, oh, I made it to JP Morgan, I, I made it, period. Right, right, and, right. And I think at the time that I left JP Morgan, I still didn't have a safety net. I'd been paying down my student debt, but it wasn't like if Upchi failed, it wasn't like I could, I didn't like my parents wouldn't have been able to, right, right. to, to pay my bills while I was figuring life out. And yeah, I think it, it was really scary to make that decision. And I think that ultimately, and I think I actually waited as long as I could, because I think over the two years that I, I actually came up with the idea and started working at Upchieve very soon after starting at JP Morgan. And then I quit two years later. And over that two year period, what was happening is I was growing more and more passionate about the mission of Upchieve. I was becoming more convinced as I learned more about education, about the research and about the lack of progress in education in the United States. I was becoming more and more convinced about the need for Upchieve, as well as the potential of a solution Upchieve to really make a really big difference in the academic outcomes for low-income students across wow, the country. Wow. But did yeah. you have the knack of what Upchieve is today? Did you want it to be free, online, 24-7, the stuff we know about today? Was that... Yeah. In the genesis of your idea? The, at the very beginning, I think it was so much more narrow than that. I wanted a way to help students like me with the skills that I had, which was I was really good at math and I had done math tutoring as a job throughout high right. school and college. Right. And I knew a lot about navigating, applying to college. At this point, I knew a lot of, about that experience as a low-income student. And so I said, I can absolutely tutor students in math. I can absolutely help them with college counseling, but how do I find the way to do that on my own schedule and, and use those skills for good? And I think that it started off much more narrow, but I realized over time there was a lot of potential and part of that was actually seeing how many people also cared about the same thing and were willing and excited to volunteer on the platform. Part of it was learning about the, the fact, like the reasons why other solutions had failed, like essentially learning how in the education space, one something that a lot of people care about is closing the gap between and college completion between low income and high income students. Right, right. And despite the billions of dollars that as a country and the private and public sector that we invested to trying to solve this problem and close that gap, we hadn't seen any progress right. over the last 10, 15 years, no progress. Sure. And so sure. trying to think, how can I, what is the way to build something that can actually scale to reach every low income student. And I realized that Upchief's potential had, a, had, this was not at the beginning. It was definitely a year or two years around the time that I quit my job, realizing that there was a lot of potential to scale this right, to reach every right. student. Wow. Yeah. Well, with any startup, I would think everyone needs a little bit of help, a little bit of support. Absolutely. We were part of the individuals or groups that really helped you get going in the early days. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would call out that starting a nonprofit is actually really hard. I think in some ways it's a lot harder than starting a for-profit startup. Right. As a for-profit startup, people are willing to take big bets on you because they're hoping for big returns in terms of their own right. financial wealth, right? right, right. Um, so people who do angel investments. But there's not really an equivalent on the nonprofit side. When people donate to a nonprofit, they want to be 100% sure that the money they gave you will translate into impact. And so 
this idea of like venture philanthropy is still pretty new. This idea that people should just the same way you, I don't know if you, Roger, but somebody listening to this podcast, you might right. be willing to write a $10,000 check to a startup that you think is really promising and could have, you know, a big return. People should be willing to write $10,000 checks to nonprofits that are just getting started right. that could that have the potential for huge impact in the future. Right. But that right. doesn't happen that much. And so the things that I think made a really big difference for Upchieve was actually being able to get into the few startup accelerator programs that exist in the United States that are that accept nonprofits. And so that was our really early funding source. And for me as a first time entrepreneur taught me a lot as well. Amazing. The mission of the organization is to democratize access to academic support for all students mm-hmm. so that they have equal opportunity to finish high school and hopefully attend college. That's mm-hmm. a big endeavor. How did you think about that in relationship to the everyday needs of students? And then your how that pairs into your long-term goals to improve inequity, the inequity gap in the country, so to speak. The big picture, the small picture and the big picture. How did that how do you think about that? On the day-to-day level, what I what Upchieve is trying to achieve is ensuring that every student has somebody that they can turn to for help when they need help and that it's easier to get help when you need it. And I think that's the everyday level, right? And so for higher income students, they often have parents that they can turn to for help. They have older siblings. They And if, if their parents can't help, their parents can afford to get them a tutor. And so they have people that they're, they're already able to turn to for help or their school is better to the point where the school has those resources available. But for low-income students, when they run into a challenge, whether it be in their math class, they can't do the homework, or or in applying to college, they're often, for the student, it really feels like there is nowhere that they can go for, for help. And so that's for the student experience, building this place that feels like a very supportive um, place that students can go at any time, 24-7, to get that help. Talking about the big picture, I think that what we really want to see is the equalizing access to services like tutoring and college counseling so that right now, if you look at who receives tutoring and who receives college counseling in the United States, it's heavily skewed towards higher income students. But those are, yeah, but those are services that most students need in order to successfully navigate their academic journey. And so our way that we hope to have a really big impact on the that gap in college completion rate is actually starting by making sure that actually low-income students do get access to tutoring when they need it, and they do get access to college counseling to help navigate that really important part of their life and figuring out what to do after high school. The magic of, I'm going to get into the nuts and bolts a little bit about uh, Upchief, but the magic to me is that what you've built is really a technology platform. And I think of you as a technology company. Can you talk about the key features of the product? I've read about it. I have a feel for it, but I've never used it. Can you just talk about some of the features that you knew you wanted to build into the product, how that came about, and how you do it across such a, even today, a a pretty big scale? That's a pretty big achievement. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that's unique is that in some ways, we're actually like a two-sided marketplace. And so there's a set of features that are for students and a set of features that are for volunteers. And I think success, for our idea to be successful, we have to be 
fully meeting the needs of both students and volunteers. On the student side, the really key feature for students, obviously it's free, which is really important, right. but I think the really key thing is the availability of support. So we are available 24 seven on demand, and that's so important. It's unreasonable to expect that a student would know ahead of time when they're gonna get stuck on their homework. And so we want support to be available when and where they need it. And on the student side, that's actually something we do a lot of user research. We talk to students all the time, students and volunteers to really try to understand what they need. And students themselves have told us that it is much more important to be able to get help when they need it than to meet with the same person every time. And so right. we prioritized availability of support in our platform on the student side above everything else. How many um, students are on the platform today, would you say? Today, we actually just broke 8,000 students. So wow. we now have over 8,000 students with accounts on the platform, which especially compared to where we were this time last year, serving a few hundred students is really exceptional. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Sure. That's great. And how many volunteers do you think you have or do you know you have yeah. throughout your organization, so to speak? It's actually about the same. It's about 7,000 uh, volunteers. So in, in total, over 10,000 people using the platform. And yeah, so it's reached a pretty big scale. <laughs> yes. No, it's great. And But you've uh, built into the program some flexibility for the standpoint of both the students and volunteers. But mm -hmm. talk about that flexibility, because I think that's an important aspect that is probably yep. benefiting your growth, so to speak. On the volunteer side in particular, we are trying to build a volunteer experience that is so flexible and convenient that anyone could do it. And right. obviously you have to have the willingness and it has to be the right time in your life and all these other things. But like truly, if you had decided that, yes, volunteering in my life is so important right now, Upshift should be a platform that is so flexible that you can absolutely find a way to make it work. That comes down to a couple things. One, the first thing is there's a notification system where volunteers select days and times on a 24-7 calendar, essentially telling us, this is when I expect to be free. Please send me a text message if a student needs my help during that time and so volunteers will get texted if a student needs their help so that's the first way and they can change that as often as they want there's no minimum time commitment we have some volunteers who they have only put aside one hour a week or they only do it one hour a month and that's actually totally fine they are still helping us reach and support more students the other thing is that volunteers can actually go and check our the volunteer dashboard and see if there are any students waiting for help at any given time and so it can also be completely ad hoc, right? If you just happen, you, Roger, oh, I don't like, what should I do for the next, I have an hour free. You could go and check up Chief and see if there's a student waiting for help. And so it should fit very seamlessly into most volunteers' lives. Wow. Wow. Now you share with me this week that since the beginning of the year, you've added 2000 students, which kind of blows my mind, just that number, but that's great. Can you talk about a few, you mentioned a couple of success stories, or at least some stories that come to mind of students and volunteers that have matched or synced together and you've had some good results. Can you t bring those out a little bit for me? Yeah, absolutely. So this is actually my favorite part of my job. So I love to talk about this, but we get just a ton of emails, sometimes phone calls, comments that students leave after sessions telling us about how Upchieve is having an impact on their lives. Some of these students, we've had the opportunity to go on and we'll do a longer call with them and really learn and understand their context better. I think during COVID in particular, we heard a lot of stories about students who they actually were 
good students. They didn't, they were not struggling right before COVID, but during COVID, they felt like things had gotten so much harder. And so there's sure. a student named Maria who essentially had told us that they were always essentially a straight B student. And they were, they were really proud of that and happy with that. And then during COVID, they noticed that their grades started like consistently falling over time and they were finding it harder to learn. And with the help of our platform, they were able to get their grades back up once they started using using Upchief consistently, they actually got their grades back up to where they were before and felt like they were able to keep learning during COVID. And so we heard a lot of stories like that of how students struggled during COVID and then were able to use our platform to keep learning. But I think overall, what we hear from students is about Many of them have never liked math or felt good at math before in their lives. And Achieve has become a place where I think that they feel really comfortable expressing when they don't understand things and that leads them to learn more and realize and actually have success. And so the first few times you have success in math, I think it, it's really, truly an incredible experience. And so for students, it builds their confidence. It, it changes their attitudes towards their math oh, sure. class and towards school um, Absolutely. altogether. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, great. As you grow and you're experiencing that growth right now, how do you and your team I'll call it monitor or do a quality check on the teaching that's happening, the, I guess you'd say the results, along with your expansive, I'll say clientele, which are your students. How's, how, how do you go about that? Yeah, that's one of the hardest challenges of scaling, in my opinion, is balancing the quality as your quantity as the number of people using your product increases. So we by no means got it all figured out. But some of the things that we are doing, first of all, we do actually review a lot of the sessions on the platform. And so that's one of our kind of quality check measures. Students and volunteers rate each other. And so we're able to identify, oh, here's a student who is actually misusing the platform, or here's a volunteer who uh, keeps getting lower ratings from volunteers from students in this one subject maybe they're not qual actually qualified and we right. want to remove them from being able to do that subject right. these cases are very like infrequent i would say we're fortunate that our volunteers because they go through our training and certification process are typically really great really great at tutoring the subjects that they tutor but we have a few things like that in place and i think one thing we're excited to do more of is empowering the volunteers to provide feedback to each other good 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 since the beginning of the year You've had some amazing, I'll call them funding awards. Yeah. I want to get into those a little bit because they're, they were quite impressive, but let's go through a few of these if you don't mind. But yeah, the one I didn't know anything about, but the white combinator award, your team or you were chosen among 293 competitors. Is that right? That's amazing. Yeah. So Y Combinator and, and actually, Combinator, yeah. yeah, so they, they have, so there were 293 companies in our group that, I, so 293 companies went through the program, but tens of thousands of people apply actually. So right. it's, and wow. we were one of two nonprofits that they took. And so the thing that's really unique about Y Combinator is, is actually for us is that they're very highly selective about nonprofits and they are specifically trying to choose nonprofits who they think have a high potential of scale and sustainability in the future. But I think you mentioned, at least and I know I saw that from that experience, you got some new insights into, I'll call it a, a new and improved partnership sort of strategy. Can you go mm -hmm. into that a little bit, please? 
Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we partner, we work with a lot of companies, actually, we work with companies like Verizon and and Goldman Sachs and PwC. And what we do with them is we essentially are, they give us funding to engage their employees as volunteers on the platform. And so going back to the fact that our platform is so convenient and, and and flexible for the volunteers, that's something that companies really need for their employees and they're incentivized to get their employees to volunteer because of the fact that essentially studies have found that like when an, an employee volunteers, they're likely to stay at the company longer. And so companies actually really want to get their employees volunteering. Um, yep. And so we'd already been doing these partnerships, but I think that going through Y Combinator challenges to try to think more like a for-profit and think about these partnerships in a way as our revenue stream. And how can we deliver such an amazing product, the product being the experience for the corporate partner and the volunteers, that right. it's we've completely justified the cost. And there are things there that we thought about and learned about during Y Combinator that I think are helping us become more financially sustainable. Terrific. I think that sounds great. The next one on my list, which is also when I read about that was caught my eye was the Smith Future Tools competition, where you won a $250,000 grant, which was funded by Smith Futures, Eric Smith, along with Citadel's Ken Griffin. Can you talk about that a little bit, please? Absolutely. This is definitely one of, I think, the biggest, one of the most high profile wins for us. So yeah, and actually, we just had our product review day a few days ago where Eric Smith was actually there and talked to us. The winner is really cool. But yes, this global competition where they were searching for learning tools that had the potential to have a really big impact on students' learning outcomes, and that could also advance the field of learning science. And for us, it was really exciting to get that recognition. And, and to get the funding to, in particular, we're doing some work now with that money to try to figure out, well, we're collecting all this data. How can we use that data to right. help researchers better understand how students learn and what good tutoring looks like? And yet another way for us to increase our impact. Great. Awesome. And then looking at the Emerging Leaders Fund, which you are one of 120 nonprofit executive directors to be nominated and one of three selected. For a $240,000, I guess, grant or award over four years. That's pretty awesome. We'll talk about that just briefly, please. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this one I, I think is really special because we, yeah, we got nominated by one of our prior funders who really loves what we're doing. And then for me on a personal level, it's really exciting because as part of the the program, they give me a professional development stipend that I get to use towards becoming a better executive director. So I'm, I'm really excited wow. about that. I have a lot to learn, I think that, but I'm definitely in it for the long haul. And so I have a lot of things that I need to learn to continue becoming a, a better executive director for Chief. And finally, but certainly not the last, but very noteworthy, you won a Gates Foundation grant, which is not easy to come by and it's hard to get, but can you talk about that a little bit, please? Absolutely. So this one is for, is, was for us to essentially um, plan a research study. So we're really excited about this because there's actually a lot of research about tutoring, but very few tutoring programs look like ours. And for me, it's really important to prove beyond beyond a shadow of a doubt that what we're doing has a really big impact on students. And so beyond the stories and the anecdotal evidence we've already gathered. So we're really excited to, to have gotten that recognition and some buy-in from the Gates Foundation, because I do think that like I have a lot of respect for them. They're so knowledgeable 
tangible in the education sure, space. Sure. It feels great to think that they think we're, we're <laughs> onto something for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think you are too. I think you are too. These great awards, obviously, they talk to your ability of the, what I call the technology prowess of your platform and also the reach that your program is having with students, which is obviously the end goal. But because of your growth, because now you're now expanding, you're needing to hire key people. And you mentioned to me earlier a couple of key new uh, positions that you filled. Do you want to talk about them briefly for the yeah. audience? Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things that this funding, the recent funding wins is allowing us to do is, is grow the team. And I think I'm very excited. We brought on four new roles. Two of them are actually senior roles. And so we were such a small team for such a long time. I didn't have leadership team working with me. And most recently in January, we'd hired a CTO. And then just the last, just about two weeks ago, we brought on a director of programs and a director of growth marketing. And both the people filling those roles for us are actually coming from other highly successful nonprofits with That's years great. of experience yeah. in that role. And I think um, in very similar roles to the role they're going to be doing at Upsheet. And so I think that they're really going to help us take us to the next stage, because although we've been growing very fast, I actually want us to keep growing that fast. I think that with the, I don't know if this came up, but you mentioned that our goal is to democratize access to academic right. support. Really practically, with that in very real terms, the thing we want to do is by 2030, so less than 10 years from now, we want to have scaled free live tutoring to every low-income high school student across the country. I know. That's, I read that. Yeah, it kind of yeah. blew my mind. That's yeah. an awesome, awesome yeah. long-term goal. I like that. I like yeah. that. So I'm excited about the team growth. I think that it's really going to help us keep making progress towards that end goal. That's great. That's great. So to achieve that goal, you're going to need more funding. And you talked about the sustainable <laughs> funding that you're driving right. toward. Yeah. But you're also probably going to need personal and private funding. Can you talk about the importance of both, how the how you yeah. see that in your mind and how your planning goes along with your funding that's coming into the organization? Both are, I think, very, very important to us at this current stage. So we're already highly sustainable for a nonprofit. About 35% of our income to date has been what we would consider earned revenue from these corporate partnerships. And so that's actually pretty outstanding for a nonprofit that's yep. only been around yep. a couple of years. But it's really important to us to keep finding and establishing partnerships with companies. And I think that they're critical to our mission, to achieving that mission, because they bring in both funding and volunteers for us. And so if all we, if we were able to keep finding more wonderful corporate partners, that would actually give us both the things we need to serve more students is funding and volunteers. And so absolutely, we want to keep working on growing those partnerships. So establishing new partnerships and growing the ones we already have. But in the short term, it is so important to have this, the financial support of individuals, because right. just like we talked about with for-profits, like I think that oftentimes startups do need that kind of initial funding to, to reach the point where they can cover their expenses with revenue. And so that's where we're at. And we are ramping up quickly, but absolutely, we do still need the support of individuals and of foundations to fund our work. Great, great. We will put on the uh, show notes and the webs web blog next week, both your website as well as the note donation tab. So people that listen become engaged in the achieve mission, so to speak, easy access to that. And I think that would be uh, dynamite if we got a few new contributors to the cause. I think that would be great. Finally, I want to come back around to the kids because that's what yep. the uh, whole goal is. I know from talking to you and also talking to Kate that you're looking at expanding the curriculum over mm -hmm. time 
Can you talk about some of your aspirations as far as expanding what you're doing right. today and what you'd like to achieve maybe over the next one or two years, some attainable uh, time period, please. Oh, I'd love to. So our goal for this year was actually to expand to reach 10,000 students. We One of the goals is just reaching more students. But beyond that, one of the things that we plan to do in the next year is expand to offer tutoring in humanities. So right now we offer tutoring in just math and science, and we get asked all the time actually by students, by our school partners to expand to offer tutoring. So students think it's great that they can get this help in math, but they tell us, oh, but I actually need it in my other classes too. And so we want to be able to offer tutoring in English and history. And we're we're in progress on, on working towards that goal. But that's something we want to do in the next year. Some of the other things that are high on the list for us, we want to expand our volunteer training, which will ultimately lead to higher quality tutoring sessions and bigger learning gains for students. We also are, I think we, we didn't touching this too much, but a lot of the students using our platform right now, they're all low income students. So we have an eligibility process. And so we're reaching the students we want to reach, but within the population of low income students, we're not able to support everyone yet. And so an example is students who are English language learners, right? They're not fluent in English yet. And so right. we'd love to eventually be able to support students who are learning English. One of the things we want to do probably in the next two years is actually be able to offer tutoring in Spanish. And that would be a huge impact on oh, our yeah. ability to oh, reach yeah. all the students who need our help. That'd yeah. be great. That'd be great. I wanted to just thank you so much for coming on. Thank you again for helping to explain and to talk about the uh, growth and the, the great goals that you have for the organization. I'm so pleased and in a way proud to support you from the early going because I, <laughs> I, see, I see the success you're having and I want you to continue to have that. So thanks again for coming on. Good luck for all you're doing through the summer, and uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. So thank you very much. Thank you, Roger. Great to be here. Thank you for listening to the Third Act Podcast. To find out more about who we are spotlighting, how to get involved, or find show notes on today's episode, go to wearethirdact.com. Learn to forget and really let it go. And most of all, I want to shine a light on good and look to give back. And that's what I'll do with my third